Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. We have got a great good news segment for you today. If you are anything like me, you have done this. Somehow you've either shopped online or you have shopped somewhere and you thought, I'm I'm buying that name brand thing. Oh my gosh, I love it. It's beautiful. But wait a minute, it's $20. That's like a 200, but it's 20. I'm getting such a deal. And I, I, I'm guaranteed it's not a knockoff. I am guaranteed it is the original. And that is what I believe. In the world we live in today, there are so many options. You're going to have this holiday season. Today's show with Paul, uh, Paul DePonte accomplished nonprofit leader, award-winning consumer advocate, and pioneering communicator. He knows what this conversation is about. He's also was appointed to head the National Crime Prevention Council in 2021. But the conversation today is this, everybody. We can still have a fabulous holiday season. It is still choose the season to shop, but to shop smart. Paul, right? It is that season. And I'm not alone. When I say we have all been there, I have, and I know better. And I go and I go buy the thing and I know it's not a mm, brand, but I still think it is. We've all been there. Well, you know, sadly, that's true. It's the amount of fake products have proliferated the marketplace and have been uh, growing exponentially since more and more consumers are shopping online. It's easy for people to uh, hack into our supply chains, to ship, uh, to take electronic payments, um, and take our money for things that we don't, for for something that we don't really believe we're buying. Yeah. I want to get right to it because I know these are short interviews. Now, the thing I was buying was what people call a purse, pocketbook, whatever you want to call it, backpack, things like that, right? And they always have their little label on it or their little their little bronze little tag on them, right? And, you know, those are one of the things that people look at and they say, oh, my God, what about? But what is on your top list of gifts that people are most likely to be duped when they buy this season? Well, you know, there, there are a lot of things that could be just about any product. Some very popular ones are clothing, apparel, sneakers. You mentioned handbags, electronic devices, which are also dangerous. Imagine faulty wiring or bad lithium batteries. And it ranges wow. to, it ranges beyond just even consumer products. Even hospital supplies are being faked. That's shocking to me. It is very shocking That's and very shocking. dangerous. How do they do that, Paul? You know, it, the you, the manufacturers of fake products are not uh, just somebody working out of their garage anymore. These are global, international cartels. They're big business. Overall, uh, fake products around the world account for about two trillion dollars uh, each year. 
That's a huge business, and that's a drain on our economy. It's a drain on American jobs, as well as posing dangers to consumers. And worst of all, if you buy fake products, you're putting money into the hands of criminals who are doing un all sorts of untoward things with that money, investing it in child labor, uh, drug trafficking, uh, human trafficking, um, uh, fake firearms, and all sorts of things that um, criminals are prone to do. To uh, and it's the sale of fake products that is funding criminal enterprises around the world. I could have a whole show with you and talk about the state of affairs that online buying has caused. We can do that. I don't want to do it because I'm telling you, I play a sport professionally. You know, right? it, it, and I've even done it. I've gone, I've gone online to online buying, and I've spent a third of what this sports tool cost, but mm -hmm. it wasn't. It wasn't real. <laughs> it wasn't the real thing. It and, wasn't and, and, the real thing. You know, and, and you mentioned sporting goods. Yeah. So, you know, whenever you play any sport, there's a risk of injury. If you're, oh if you're, if you're playing with fake products, they haven't been safety tested. They're, mm -hmm. they're, they're made with shoddy mater materials. And the chances of an injury uh, mm -hmm. increase and the chances of the injury becoming more severe. Fake bicycle helmets are a common uh, product that is uh, manufactured by cartels. Uh, mm. They're sold cheaper, they're sold with um, dangerous materials. Bicycle accidents are the fifth leading cause of pediatric emergency room emissions. So if you're wearing a, uh, a bike helmet, gives the child some protection. If they're wearing a fake helmet, it's gonna make a bad situation worse. Yeah, I cannot even believe you bring this up. I come from a Harley Davidson family and I just had this conversation a couple of months ago with a friend of mine. And I said, to, here's what I said. I said, dude, you just paid 20 grand for like that beautiful bike and you went cheap on, on helmet. your helmet. And I guarantee you that is not like a real motorcycle helmet. Yep. And it is... You know, it's being penny wise and pound foolish. It's the yeah. other thing too. The old adage: if it sounds good to be, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Yeah. The other part of this problem is for me. This is we're talking about products that come in in the United States and they erode our economy. I'm, I really have to say it. You know, they really do. And then you end up buying something you didn't. You're, you're not happy about. You didn't buy it. Uh, but there's another thing. How do we stay on high alert? I want to help people today just not do this. How do we help them not do it? You want to spread the word. We have a whole campaign called Go For Real, which we have McGruff the Crime Dog who teaches uh, teenagers, teens, adults, everyone can learn how to be a dupe detective. Look for the clues to spot. Look for uh, the, the website that looks a little off, the logos that are a little off color. All those tips, you, 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 you start following those, you're going to increase the chance that you're protecting yourself. Yeah. The other thing that I, I've learned, too, is when you go to second-party sites or third-party sites, they usually have some safeguards. I'm not saying they all have because I actually went to this site, but they have some safeguards. They have places where you could go to say, wait a minute, I need to report this person. And usually scammers don't go to those sites. They wouldn't put themselves on a prime site where there are safeguards by that company to say, you're not for real, you're for real, right? But we, That's right. we, we don't even think about that, Paul, because we want the best deal. You want the best deal, but you know, be, before you uh, give them your credit card number, 
spend an extra minute or two to check out to make sure there is an address you can contact them for a return. Uh, if, there's no, if there's no way to contact them for a return or to make a return, you don't want to buy that product. Uh, even, uh, you know, because chances are 99% it's fake. I love that we're talking about this. The other thing, let's talk about this. If you don't see a phone number or even a chat box, what are you thinking right there? Oh, well, you know, that, that, that's a good point. You want to, you know, reputable companies uh, want to give consumers information. They want to be helpful to the consumer. Um, fakers and scammers, just they're concerned about taking your money, making a quick buck, and moving on. Sometimes you might go back a week later and you'll see that website is shut down because law enforcement or somebody's on to them. Yeah. What is the best way for people to find out? Because there's other sort of scamming that we're not going to get to. I touched upon this morning. I am a big fan of the uh, United States Patent and Trademark Office. I am such a big fan. Well, and I so are we. People get, get really scammed out. But how do they find out more about what they can do today? Well, we are working very closely with the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office to create the Go For Real campaign. You can visit us. You'll see McGruff the Crime Dog. He can help teach you how to avoid fakes and be a dupe detective at ncpc.org slash go for real. Again, that's ncpc.org slash go for real. Yeah. So I want to just keep a sense and I want you to kind of bring it home with me here. You know, if you're sitting there thinking, oh, it's not going to happen. Okay, it, it can happen to everybody. I, I consider myself well-informed. I'm telling you, it can happen to anybody. But, you know, we're talking about millions and millions of dollars. We're not, we're talking about IP infringement. We're talking about counterfeits, you know, uh, over 3%. You know, we're talking about almost 8% globally. We're talking about buying from places or countries that you have no idea from. But let's just caution people now. You may think you're going to do this for yourself and may be willing to take the risk, but do not do this for your children. Hello, Paul. Absolutely. And teach your children. They want to learn. Children don't want to be duped. They don't want to be the mm. kid in school walking down the hallway with a fake jacket or a fake pair of sneakers on. They, they want the real thing and they're smart. And I think uh, if parents and children work together, we'll beat these scammers. Part of it is... For too long, it's been viewed as a victimless crime. Oh, I just got a good deal on a handbag. Oh, no one's going to know it's not fake, uh, whatever. But that money that you paid on that handbag is fueling a global criminal enterprise that is doing all sorts of horrible things. And I'm telling you, we all fall for it. I play a sport called table tennis. I play professionally. I'm pretty good at it. And you go to a competition and Mizuno is there. And you've got the Mizuno sneakers on. You're very happy about it. You want to show them, right? You just won three gold medals, like if you're me and you're showing them. And the guy says to you, did you notice that Mizuno is spelt wrong? Exactly. <laughs> Thank you for exactly. this message. We have to take an extra moment, don't we? We do. Just take in, in, in those, th those few minutes can save you money, save you, uh, uh, give you protection, and possibly save you from injury or something worse. Yeah. So many things to pay. Please pay attention to details. The Nike logo goes one way. It doesn't go the other way. Paul, what's your personal message? What do you want to leave us with? And please mention the website again. Uh, the website, again, is ncpc.org slash go for real. And just a word of encouragement. You're smart, so buy smart. So doing it.
Thank you, Paul. I want to thank you and your team for taking this message out there. Thank you for pointing out the safety features, because I don't think any of us really plan to do unsafe things. I don't think we do. Exactly right. Mm. He's on watch. I'm telling you, he Paul's on watch. Hey, thank you all. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Pat. I'm the host of the Dr. Pat Show, and I am the creator of the Transformation Network, doing what we do in the world of positive radio, informed, educated, positive media. Independent radio hosts and independent networks have been the face of positive messaging over the past decade. So all of us here have decided we're going to put together an independent network that is going to enable people to bring their positive message of hope, inspiration, and conscious action to the forefront. Help us create a future of amazing, uplifting stories that can be told so we can tell our children and they can tell their children of what hope and conscious action is all about. I want to thank you all for tuning us in, turning us on on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to our good news segment. Now, okay, let me just preference this segment with the following statement. And this is what I said to Dr. uh, Catherine Tomasino just two seconds ago. We don't want all of you to have to get really sick to appreciate what we're about to say. However, that was my journey. And what we're about to say is so absolutely forward-looking, and yet it is so timely. The effect that psychological factors have on our gut health. This is what this expert, this doctor is coming here to share. Tips how to handle holiday stress for the season. Now, for those of you, I'm just going to say this. You can go look at uh, Dr. Thomasina's research. You can go and we're going to make sure you get there. You know, when you want to find out more, you can go to our friends uh, that we have been and interviewed the folks uh, right there at Northwestern Memorial Hospital, where this amazing Dr. Tomasino is the co-director behavioral medicine for Di- digestive health program. Many years ago, when I ventured into the study of psychology and I studied something that was very stressful, I had no idea that it would lead to the conversation today. Dr. Tomasino, it's great to have you here. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, I got to start out with a question. There's always a story behind the person. I want to know, I know what today is. I know this is an important day, this date. But I want to know from your perspective on where you sit, what touched your heart to have this become such a passion for you? No, I I specialize in working with patients with medical conditions uh, more broadly. And over the last seven years, I've really been focusing on working with patients with gastrointestinal conditions. And it's just such a need. So we see this impacting really everyone. You know, the brain gut connection is real and affects all human beings. Mm -hmm. And then you add in there just the prevalence of chronic digestive health conditions um, and the need for more providers like myself. So 
that's what really brought me here is that that there was a need and I was seeing it every day in practice uh, and wanting to learn more and specialize in this so I could help people reduce suffering. Yeah, it is really what I like to call a dividing factor. You know, when you do research, there are things we call things, right? We call them moderators, we call them mediators. But the bottom line is, we're going to talk about some factors that affect gut health. Because the expression, it all begins in the gut, is really for real. But let's talk about factors. And thank you for your passion and purpose in stepping forward. You know, let's talk about what should people be looking for now? Because, dare I say, if these show up, there are some things we're going to tell you to do, and then there are going to be some things we're going to tell people not to do, right, today. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, you know, it, it depends on what you mean by when these things show up. But, yeah. you know, a lot of the people who I work with uh, have diagnoses of things like irritable bowel syndrome, yeah. chronic abdominal pain, uh, gas, gastric reflux, inflammatory bowel disease. Um, so... The first thing I would say is definitely see a physician or a medical provider that can give you an evaluation and workup and let you know what's going on because we don't want to exclude medical treatments that are essential in many cases for these conditions. But then from there, you know, there are a number of things you can do just to pay attention to when your symptoms are occurring and what's going on and the role of stress or psychological factors and how that could be making things potentially making things worse um, for a lot of people. Yeah. And I, I, I want to talk about that. I want to come out of the gate and then we're going to talk about, you know, what do we mean by the gut? And, you know, when I say some of the things that show up, look, I mean, all you need to be doing is sitting around, you know, with the family over the holiday and Uncle Bob can't stop burping. Right. I mean, I, I don't mean to to downplay this, but the, the factors and the symptoms are showing up more and more every day for everyday people. And they're showing up in ways where we've normalized them. That's why I really want to bring this conversation right out to the public. Because there are some things that we get used to, right, doctor? Where we think, ah, I've been doing that for the past year. Okay, not so good. But let's get underneath this because psychological causes are what I love to talk about. What are what are the psychological causes on the top three of your list? Let's hear your list. <laughs> You know, so psychological causes, the number one thing that we're thinking about is, is stress and unmanaged or poorly managed stress, right? So when we think about stress, we're not just talking about uh, the stressors or the problems. We're talking about our body's physical response to stress, that physiological stress reaction. And that for everyone can affect brain gut communication. When I say gut, you mentioned that earlier, I mean the whole digestive tract. So there are millions of nerve cells and neurons all throughout our GI tract that interact with our nervous system, which is where the stress response is housed and impact communication with our brain. So stress is one of the primary psychological factors that we're talking about. Um, and when we think about the, the brain-based factors, there are other things that can be happening. You know, sometimes we can develop what's called hypervigilance to GI symptoms or conditions. And this is a normal reaction when things aren't going well, but we might start to pay a ton of extra attention to our GI tract. And in doing that, we might turn the volume up on sensations in the brain and amplify the pain response. Most of this is not happening consciously right? So the kinds of treatments that I provide help people shift their attention away. Um, so those are two of yeah. them. Yeah. The reason I'm asking you this question is because 
we have seen over the past several years, and this is not the first time we've seen it. I've seen this in our audience and our listeners back in 09 and 10 when people really were under enormous stress and pressure. You know, the economy was a factor, but so many people went through job loss. We really know what that feels like. We know, I know what it feels like. I studied it for 10 years. But where we're talking about now is something so important you're picking up and you're sharing. Because we have to point these things out because I think we've normalized stress in our day-to-day life. Now, let me explain what I mean. I don't think there's anything about stress, the level we're talking about, that's normal. But but what I think we're doing is we're saying, I've raised the bar of what I can tolerate and have now made it normal. But our body and our gut doesn't see it like that. It does, do totally. No, I'm, <laughs> I agree with you. Uh, 100%. And it's led to an increase in the prevalence of the kind of conditions that we're talking about that are uh, affected um, by stress, mediated, as you mentioned, mediated or moderated by stress. Um, so stress is not necessarily the cause of some of these conditions, but it certainly can be the cause of some of the symptoms and the way that our symptoms are experienced and make uh, the symptoms worse and lead to flares in these conditions. And absolutely, uh, our stress level is higher. Um, Since the pandemic, we've noticed a huge uptick in referrals and demand for our services. Um, And it's because of the tremendous amount of stress that people have been under. Yeah, I want to get everybody to go see you. Look, you have an entire organization, which of course, you're current director of behavioral medicine. I I, I have to say this, let me just say it because I love this is going to make me smile. I'm going to try not to smile too much. Co-director of the behavioral medicine for digestive health program at Northwestern Memorial Hospital. I'm smiling. I have to smile because in 1994, when I proposed the thesis to my, my what do they call them? Committee, committee mm-hmm. people. He told me that what I was going to study was going to be passe. And fast forward to where we are today. If it was passe, the, stre- the effects of life conditions on us, you and I would not be here talking about this, would we? There's nothing Absolutely passe not. about stress. No, no. And I don't think there ever will be. I can dream, right? <laughs> I wish. Oh, okay. All I right. wish. Let's get to the solution because I'll tell you the one thing that I didn't do is I was never able to provide a solution, but that's where you all come in. Tell us about your organization and tell us about what you all are doing to really say to people, we can help you. Absolutely. So uh, we're really proud of our team. We have five clinical psychologists. I don't know if I already said this. We have five clinical psychologists and a research psychologist uh, here at Northwestern Medicine. And we provide uh, these evidence-based treatments like cognitive behavioral therapy, medical hypnotherapy to patients with chronic digestive health conditions. Um, We provide classes on the gut-brain connection. So teaching people about that connection. And at the end of that class, everyone learns a really effective technique called diaphragmatic breathing, um, which you may have heard of before. And it's very helpful for stress, for GI conditions, for our gut functioning. Um, And then we also provide medical hypnosis, both in individual and group formats. And we work alongside physicians and dietitians and other medical providers. So disciplinary care for our patients. I never thought that I would have a major hospital on a call with me with the kind of show we do on holistic healing and dare I say these things again, 
clinical hypnotherapy. Because you see, for those of us here that have been doing this 20 years and my own healing journey, I mean, six months after I started the show, I came down with a mystery disease and my only options were to look at the things you've talked about. Congratulations to you and the organization. I want to take a moment before we go on and then we have a few minutes where I'd like to dig a little bit deeper. Deeper. How do people find out about you? I mean, how do they get connected with you? So you can learn more about our program by going to nm.org. Uh, and we have a whole website where we discuss uh, our program and, and the types of uh, providers that we have. Has, can I ask you this question? Um, I noticed this for a lot of organizations where one of the upsides of COVID-19 is that many organizations, including things like Alcoholics Anonymous, had to like throw their guidelines out the window and say, oh, we're going to do Zoom meetings, right? Mm-hmm. Has, has telemedicine, how, has that been a game changer in this particular arena for you? I would say yes. You know, we have just really increased access to the kinds of treatments that we provide by having telemedicine be something that is, um, frankly, allowed. Uh, There's a lot of good research to suggest uh, uh, and to demonstrate that it's just as effective via telemedicine. Even some of the hypnotherapy that we provide can be provided and just as effectively via telemedicine. So um, I think that's really remarkable and cool and awesome that we can connect and reach people who previously couldn't access our services for a variety of reasons. I'm so glad you mentioned that. We were trying to get funding for research just on this, but not on the telemedicine itself, but the pre-telemedicine and stress reduction of doing telemedicine as opposed to coming in the office. I mean, the the preliminary, can I call it anecdotal? Yeah, because it's not empirical. Preliminary data says that people that are showing up for telemedicine are showing up more open. They ask more questions. They feel less inhibited being in front of a doctor. But that's another show and another conversation. Look, give us a couple of tips. Get me ready for the holidays. Tell me what I should do and shouldn't do. Please, I'm open. Yeah, so I think that one of the first things I would recommend you do, uh, if you don't know that diaphragmatic breathing technique, I would look it up. You know, I I tell people, I rarely tell people to Google things and search things on the internet. Um, Diaphragmatic breathing is something that you can do, you can safely search. So I would search that and I would try to incorporate this as part of your routine. Again, two to five minutes a day. Um, watch yourself in the mirror. Kind of see if your technique is actually what they're demonstrating, right? So many people think they're doing it and that it's not working. And that's usually because they might not be doing it right. So check it out, watch yourself in the mirror, practice. Uh, That's number one. A second thing that I would encourage you to do is try to maintain your typical routines, right? So much of that goes out the window. We eat at weird times. We eat different foods. We drink more. We're not prioritizing movement or sleep. All of those things are both going to impact our stress and impact our digestive functioning. Uh, So really pay attention to that. And then the final thing I would say is uh, be proactive about self-care. So you don't notice if you're having that tough conversation with maybe Uncle Bob's not only burping, but he's also giving you all grief, right? So that is Uncle Bob. (laughs) (laughs) Find find other things, other things you can do to kind of don't just let that simmer, right? Do something actively about it, whether that's breathing or going on a walk or calling a friend who makes you laugh, right? I'm sorry. I have a laughing dog. I have an electric, I don't want to even bring it on the show, but I may actually have Jacob put it in the clip. I actually have a laughing dog. It's battery operated, but anytime I'm feeling crazy, I turn that thing on. I want to thank you so much. I mean, this is short interviews. I know you have to go, 
but there are many things that we could say to people. Let's just, let me just say this and please for your final message, you can comment. There are some things that you've gotten very uncomfortable with in your life and it's no shame, no guilt, no blame to you all. These have been extraordinary times, but eating in a reclining chair as you're watching TV compresses your digestive system. Your food doesn't go down. Just think for a minute. What might you change ever so slightly and get yourself relief? Dr. Tomasina, what are your thoughts? I, I love what you just said. You know, those are the subtle things that we're not paying attention to. Uh, those are the behaviors that I work with people to change. And in fact, we regularly do experiments where people uh, stop watching TV while eating, right? Because that can make a big difference. So, so um, you know, I, I would say the my takeaway would be to combine with your message, you know, um, pay attention to these things. You don't have to live uh, suffering with, with chronic digestive complaints, um, get them addressed, try something different, pay attention to your habits. Um, and remember, this isn't all in your head, even though the brain is playing a role. Uh, these are real things that are happening and, and that can be changed. Yeah, I, I want to tell everybody, please go to nm.org. But I want to say this also, these are things you have the control and the power to change. There are so many things in life you don't. Please, please check this out. Please get a hold of Dr. Uh, Catherine Tomasina. The whole team over there, please look this up. And even if it's not you, what we've learned on this show is pay it forward, pass it on, give out the website. You can Google, again, I'm saying it, you can Google her name, T-O-M-A-S-I-N-O. Thank you, doctor, for today. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. All right, everybody. And uh, I hope, Uncle Bob, you do not listen to this. Thank you all. We're going to be doing an entire series on gut health as we move forward. Maybe Dr. Kate will come back. We'll see you all in a minute. We'll be right back. Not just talk. Conversation for profound self-awareness. Stick with us. Your best life awaits on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to our good news segment. I am so thrilled every year about this time, I get excited about doing these interviews. And I especially get excited when I can talk to our friends and colleagues at PETA, P-E-T-A. That's P-E-T-A. What does that stand for? People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals. Today, Ashley, Ashley Byrne is joining me here today. She's director. And what is she here to do? Well, first of all, passion and purpose are in the forefront. So let's just let's just get that out. But she has been the person that has been in the oversight of several successful PETA campaigns. And you've heard most of them on the show here today. Her work goes from animal rights to doing news television features. You name it, she's been on it. But most importantly, the question really is, what the heck gets her up every day 
to bring out a new and renewed message for all of us to get a new call to action together. Today, you're going to hear some statistics. I love statistics, but here it is. It's time to dress vegan. Actually, it was time about a decade ago, but now we can talk about it. And so people even know what we're saying, Ashley, right? <laughs> oh, wow. What a great point. Yes. <laughs> yes, we've been talking about this for a while, but I think it's really finally become part of the conversation that, that people are understanding, which is, which is fantastic. <laughs> And I got to give a shout out to all of the comedians, whether it's Saturday Night Live, I don't care who they are, all of the comedians that have been absolutely joking about vegan for the past 10 to 20 years. Thank you, all of you, because now you've made it a mainstream <laughs> term. We love you. Keep joking. Um, let's talk about it, because let's let's describe to people what we mean when we say dress vegan. Yes. So, you know, people hear the word vegan, and I think... A lot of their, a lot of the time, their ideas go to their plates, and you know, yeah, we we do want to keep the food on our plate vegan, but but we're talking mm -hmm. about keeping our, our closets vegan as well, and um, that's so important because buying and selling sweaters, jackets, or anything else made from animals uh, like sheep, cows, and birds um, means supporting an industry that torments and kills them. And PETA has investigated hundreds of suppliers of wool, leather, fur, exotic skins, and down around the world and found the same types of extreme cruelty and violence at every single one. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about because, okay, true confessions, are you ready? All right. Absolutely. So in my closet is a, I must say it is, beautiful, beautiful brown leather coat. Now, that was given to me like over two decades ago. I haven't worn it in about a decade. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so, but, but, but look, I'm, the reason I'm sharing this is because we didn't know what we don't know. Now we cannot, now we can't claim ignorance, can we? We can claim a little bit ignorance, but not like a whole lot, right? No, you know, exactly. You're making such a great point because the fact is, you know, I, I think, so many of us in the past, um, you know, bought things because we didn't know what we were buying. Um, but I think that, you know, people care about animals yeah. and people don't want to contribute to animal suffering. And now, now that, now that we do have this information, now that these investigations are out there that show how animals suffer behind the scenes when they're used for clothing, you know, how, how they're uh, raised in ways that deprive them of everything that makes their lives, um, you know, enriching and how they're killed in ways that are, that are just so cruel and violent. Now that we have that information, we have the responsibility to make better choices. And these choices are, it's just never been easier because these products are just right there, um, you know, in the same places that we're already shopping. So exactly, you know, it, it's it's always it's not about what we've done in the past, but we we have the responsibility and the ability to make better choices in the future. 
Yeah. I love that we're talking about this. I want to get to a couple of statistics if you want to take a little deeper dive with me. Um, I, I got the stat that you put out there about like, um, you know, 73% of Gen Z folks consider themselves animal rights activists here. Can I make a statement? You can hold me to it. It's not really uh, based on fact, but I'm going to make the statement. Okay. So this is a disclaimer sure. for you, Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what I believe. I believe that multi-generations, even going back to early boomers, believe in animal rights. The thing that they got so, you know, like really up and about for is the word activist. But when you talk to people, multi-generational people about animals and animal cruelty, they cry. So I know the 73% is good, but I'm saying like y'all out there that are not Gen Zers, I know what's in your heart. So pay attention to this interview, right, Ashley? I think you are absolutely right. A hundred percent. Exactly. I think, you know, not everyone may consider themselves an activist, but it's hard to find someone who doesn't care about animals. Yeah. You know, it's, it's that's, I, I, I think you're spot on. Yeah. Yeah. Look, you all have done phenomenal work. We have covered some of this. I want to mention them because it's a lead into what we're talking about today. Undercover, your undercover investigations are just riveting to me. And we share them. We share the links. But what they revealed were horrific acts of cruelty, you know, mutilating sheep, like leaving goats with bloody wounds. I'm just, I'm telling you people, I'm going to give you the gory details if Ashley will not. Because when you hear this, like burning and beating cows for leather, you know, what they do to ducks and geese to get the down, this is crazy. And if you knew about it and watched some of the videos, you would stop. Now, that's my little soapbox. So let's get to where we are today. Because daily suffering and terrifying deaths, up until, shall I say it, recently, there wasn't a great alternative. But you're here today to say what? Yes, there is now. There absolutely is. And thank you so much for talking about those investigations because, you know, they highlight why it is so important to, to be making these choices. And the great news is that now, you know, it, it is, it's become so easy to choose vegan fashion because the future of the fashion industry lies in animal-friendly innovations. Like, um, for example these days we are seeing vegan leather everywhere. Yeah. And a lot of this vegan leather is made from materials like grape skins or pineapple or mm -hmm. cactus or mushrooms or corn. Um, we are seeing um, down made from uh, recycled water bottles oh, or, yeah. or wildflowers or, um, you know, there are luxurious fabrics to replace um to replace wool, silk, um, alpaca, cashmere that can be made from soybeans, coconuts, and, you know, other plant-based fibers. So, you know, we have beautiful alternatives to choose yeah. from now. Um, and, and they are right, very often right in the same places that we're already shopping. And it's just a matter of reading the label and choosing one item over another. Yeah. 
I love this. During my bout with homelessness when I was like 17, I learned the power of insulating yourself with newspaper. Now, of course, we're not making as much newspaper, and that's a whole nother issue for my green people that are going to call me after this interview. Okay, I want to talk about one thing in particular that I got really hot on, and um, it's it, I, I, I want to ask you about it. Bamboo. Can we talk bamboo for a minute? Sure. What's your take on bamboo? Because I know for me, it is the the softest. I don't even know how to describe this thing. I, I'm not even quite sure how they're taking bamboo and they're making things as soft as they are. Is that is that a good example or or not? You know, that is a fantastic example because you're right. Um, there, I I have also um, you know encountered some of these products made from bamboo that are you would never know. You you'd never know what you're wearing. They they are soft and beautiful and luxurious and um and, and there you go. It's a it's a plant-based eco-friendly fiber. So let me ask you a question really quickly about this. The top three Ashley Burns top three for us today. Because you see, I like talking about this and I love statistics, but I also believe in action. And I know that you all are like about action, seriously. So when you're doing this today, this is a pivotal day for you. And thank you for doing it like on the solstice thing. What is your top three? What do you want to, to have your CTA, your call to action today? What is Ashley's top three? Oh, I love that you're asking this because you're right. It's all about our actions, isn't it? We can we can talk about this forever, but you know, action makes a difference. So, um, you know, I would encourage people to go to peta.org and go to where you can download our free shopping guides. I would say the top three would be download the shopping guide for clothing, and then the one for vegan food. And the one for cosmetics and household supplies, mm -hmm. because, you know, if, if you are choosing vegan and cruelty-free in those three areas, you are making such a tremendous difference mm -hmm. for animals and for the environment. I mean, it's really a game changer and for yourself, you know? Yeah. Uh, I want to give a shout out for a minute, if I could, for my native brothers and sisters. And I want to say, we are talking about the mass production of animal wear. We know, and I know, um, that indigenous people, they do things very, 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 very differently. So I want to say that. Um, if you've ever spent any time with the indigenous people of the United States of America, or for myself, my relatives in Brazil, I want to tell you, this is a ritual. It is done in kindness, and it is done in necessity. We are talking about today mass numbers of animals that are butchered so that you can wear things. Now, thank you for that. Do you have a favorite line of clothing? So Ashley, tell me, tell me, okay, let's just talk for a minute, like woman to woman. Do you have like a yeah. fav favorite type clothing you wear? Do you have like a favorite one? Oh, you know, there are, wow, it, it's hard because there are so many good ones out there. Um, just, just really fantastic. Um, you know, I was so excited just recently about how many of, of the, the, the sneaker companies are making vegan sneakers now. Yes. You know, I, um, 
I needed a, a new pair of sneakers and I went out there and it was not just that they just happened to be vegan, but so many of the different companies actually had the vegan, like vegan labeled sneakers on their websites. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, Puma, Adidas, Reeboks, like um, just every, it, they were just everywhere. Yeah. Um, and then of course there are actually these like specialty vegan brands that are, that are completely intentionally vegan. Um, and that's wonderful too. Um, like say brand like S A Y E, um, or, you know, but, um, but so that was exciting to me because that was something that I hadn't purchased in a while. And I thought, well, let's see what's new. And just in, in the last couple of years, it, it just yeah. seemed like the options had exploded. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, I- you know, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I, I want to give everybody a call to action because we're coming up on the holidays here. And here's what I want to say to people. And I, I may not be sending everybody to the right place, but here's what you can do. When you're thinking about that gift for family, friends, whatever that is, and you're thinking sheets, towels, right? You, y'all following me here for a minute. If you're thinking along those lines, right? J- just say it. Think again and go to the bamboo aisle or go to the aisle right? Just go to an aisle. Now, I know that's not animal, but it's still in the same vein. If you are thinking clothing, I will tell you, and you're thinking buying something for your kids, your teenagers, getting a pair of these vegan sneakers, I'm telling you, they will be the talk of the town. You see, this is what I'm trying to say, Ashley, if you would comment on this. 10 years ago, you and I would be having a conversation that people would be looking at us sideways, but this has now hit our pop culture. Would you say that's true? Oh, absolutely. A hundred percent. I mean, as you were saying that it wasn't too long ago that the word vegan, you know, not everyone even knew what that meant. These days, it's a selling point. These days, you know, you're, you're seeing that label slapped on, you know, clothing on the runways and, and in the retail stores, because they know that, that, consumers want that. So yes, you are so right. It has entered pop culture in a big way. Yeah. And, you know, one other point before you go, I think we're now talking about a wider brand, right? We're talking about, you know, fabrics that are made from just beautiful things. Like, you know, you mentioned vegan leather, but leather, we're talking grape skins or mushrooms. I love the fabrics that are being made from soybeans, right? You know, there's just so many things we don't know. And how about the flower population, the wildflowers. How, this has gotten so resourceful that if you were to just stop for a minute, go to PETA.org and look, you'd be able to find the gift for somebody that they will be talking about. Isn't that really what the point is here today as well? It's to change our minds, but it's also to change our actions, isn't it? Absolutely. And, you know, I think it's um, it's actually a great feeling to know that you can make such a difference for animals and the environment just by choosing one product over another, that you really can have an impact. Um, You know, it's, I I think sometimes a lot of us hear about these Mm -hmm. huge problems and we might feel a little helpless, but we're not helpless. And um, you know, just the choices that we're making every day about what we buy, what we eat, what we wear, it has an impact. I gave a scarf to somebody. I like doing stuff like this. And I'm, I know you've got to run. But I gave a scarf to somebody and then I put a picture uh, in there of a, of a sheep. And I said, you have just now adopted this sheep, right? You have just saved the life of the sheep. Now, okay, 
I didn't really have the name of the sheep, but I gave it a name because it was a scarf that was right not made of the sheep. See, we can get right. creative and innovative here. Love that. Yeah. <laughs> Ashley, thank you yes. so much. Um, what's your personal message? What would you like to leave us with today? You know, it's just such an exciting thing that we all have um, not just the responsibility, but the ability to make these better choices. And the more we make them, the more, um, you know, the, the companies and businesses we buy from, the more they will step mm-hmm. up and accommodate us um, you know, we, we are creating a better world every time we make one of these choices. And, and that's something that, you know, that we can, we can, we can feel positive about that in the face of all this, you know, kind of scary, daunting news, we can know that we're, we are making choices that are making the world better. I love it. Ashley Byrne, everybody. Uh, she is director for people for the ethical treatment of animals. That's PETA, P-E-T-A. Please go to PETA.org. Not only will you find this solution, but so many others. Ashley, thank you so much for your time today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. So nice talking to you. Yep. And everybody out there, you know, I want you to pick your animal. I want you to write that little card, put it in the gift. And again, don't forget to buy something that's vegan. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. Please enjoy this meditation from the Transformation Network. For your meditation, choose a position that allows you to relax. So either sitting up with your back supported so it can be nice and straight, or lying down flat on your back if that's comfortable for you. However, you can really just relax. And we're just going to start by letting your eyes close and letting your breath begin to take over in your awareness. So that means maybe you're elongating your breath a little bit, or maybe you're just noticing it. Maybe just noticing where you feel it in your body. So just being with your breath. Either following it along in your body or guiding it to a place in your body where you want it to go. Maybe noticing places where you are holding tension in your body and inviting a little bit of openness by directing your breath there. Maybe releasing tension from the shoulders or the belly, the jaw, the forehead, neck. We're going to begin to guide the breath up and down the center channel of the body. So just imagining your breath flowing from the tip of your tailbone all the way up to the crown of your head on the inhale and then exhaling it back down to the tailbone. A few like that. And then we're going to bring the earth in. So as you breathe in, you're actually breathing in now from the earth up into the tailbone, all the way up into the crown. 
and then you're breathing out from the sky all the way down through the crown and into the earth. And so we're going to keep now inviting the earth and the sky into your breath process and feeling the earth come into the heart. Feeling the sky come into the heart. And if you're not feeling these things or you don't know what to do, just imagine it. It actually works wonders. That's part of the magic. And now allow your breath to be focused in the heart, feeling the heart begin to expand. And feeling the solar plexus below the heart also begin to expand. Somewhere in this space of the solar plexus and the heart, there is a spark of light that really is your soul's essence. It's who you really are, why you're really here. And I want you to bring your breath to that spark, wherever you imagine it might be living in your body, and let your breath expand the light of that spark. So as you breathe, this light of your soul's essence gets bigger and it begins to fill your entire body. Every cell has this light. And the light becomes so big that it doesn't even fit in your body anymore and it begins to fill your energetic field, the space surrounding your body. And so just breathing this light, feeling it bathe you. And now imagining anything that it may be giving you trouble, causing you concern in your life. You can either bring that into your light field or extend your light field out so far that it holds those things too. And so we're just practicing bringing your true soul's essence, this magic that is already inside you, to your world and to the things that you interact with. Letting them be in your light. And this is not a meditation that needs to stop when you go out into the world. This feeling of your light is something that you can take with you into every interaction, into every situation. You do not have to have your eyes closed to do it. All you need to do is to be able to feel that little spark and enhance it and expand it with your breath. So just take another minute to really feel that light of your soul's essence of who you really are. It doesn't have to be clear to you in words. The feeling is what we're after. And if you imagine something that's giving you concern coming in to that light, how does it shift? How does it transform? Is there some place in your body that's been aching that wants some extra light, send the light there. Let the light take over your brain, 
take over your eyes, take over your heart. It's just you, it's nothing outside you, it's just your truth. And now you can start to deepen your breath, bringing your awareness back to your physical body, but not losing that light, not losing the feeling of who you really are. And you can open your eyes and join us back here. Hopefully you're feeling a little, a little bit, if not a lot more magical than you were a few moments ago, minutes ago.